is Monday, September 25th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. A wild Sunday, week three in the NFL. With some questionable coaching decisions. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Steelers hold on in a wild one, 23-18 winners over the Raiders. Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud get their first wins. And the Cowboys take their first loss. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, full disclosure, because we're always honest with our audience, it is Sunday night, the 24th, Yeah. as we record this podcast. Uh, it is Yom Kippur which is officially now sun's down, but uh-huh. uh, I am not going to be working tomorrow, okay. Monday. So I'll be fasting and atoning for my sins as a, mm, a, of as which there a are many. good Jew that I am. But we got lucky coming in here Sunday night to record because as I pulled up, I saw a car in the parking lot that looked a lot like R.J. Bell's car. Mm. And lo and behold, R.J. is here because – you were coming back from the Raider game. Yeah, you know, I got a nice invitation, and uh, I don't, I don't go places a lot. I it just there's a lot of hassles, right? I'd rather be home reading, watching movies, whatever. But this was too good of an offer. A guy runs a real estate hedge fund in town, had a box right next to the owner's box, and I'm like. And he's like, the food spread. I go, I'm going to. He goes, I'll pick you up. I said, I'll come. I'll come. <laughs> you and, sold me. <laughs> I mean, it took a while. Apparently, he was emailing for like three weeks. Couldn't, he said, send this to RJ. You're difficult to get a hold of sometimes. I, that's what I hear. And then, <laughs> But then his daughter, who's now in college, sent an email to Mary. said, could you please tell RJ this is like my dad went. And I'm like, what the hell? I should just go to this thing. It was a great. In fact, he's going to come in on Wednesday and talk a little bit about the day. Awesome. On the pod, so it was fun. But boy, this game—I, you know, when you're in the when you're at a game, you don't have any sense of what the commentators are saying. You don't really know any. I mean, it's like I guess you could be on Twitter, but I wasn't like doing that. That decision flummoxed me. I thought the decision to go for, or to not go for it late. That's the first thing I asked you guys. What, what's the consensus? And that's the big story coming out of this game. So the Raiders, with an opportunity to come back. They trail the they trail the Steelers twenty three to fifteen because they had, they were down by sixteen. They scored a touchdown, got the two point conversion, so they pulled themselves within eight after like three tries. Yeah, <laughs> and and then they get the ball down inside the red zone. It's a fourth down situation. First fourth down situation. Yeah. They kick a field goal. All right, so that was what, about a 47-yard? I mean, how long was that field goal? That was a, a decent length. They were, I think they were at the 30-yard line. Yeah, yeah, it would have been 47 yeah, yards. Right? So, okay. And it was and it was third and eight, or fourth and eight. So it wasn't really a reasonable time to go. Like, you can make an – what's McKenzie, what does the bot say, that decision? What was the uh, what, what was the expected outcome there for kicking the field goal versus going for it? Well, it was actually fourth and one from the 29-yard line. Oh, I apologize. Fourth and one. And it said it was a coin flip. 11% chance you win the game. 
If you go for it, 11% chance if you kick the field goal right there with 3-11 left. And here's why I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, there was a false start, which pushed it back to a fourth and five. Fourth and, yeah, fourth and six. And, yeah. ah, okay. and, that's, and that's why they decided to kick the field so goal. So even at fourth and one, it's 50-50, yes. so probably slightly go, mm-hmm. kick the field goal at fourth and six. So that's, yeah, because they were going for They were lined up to go for it mm-hmm. on fourth and one. I think that's the, the strange zone where going for it becomes less smart because here's why. What is the whole point of going for it? Is if you get it, well, there's a touchdown to get. But if you get a first down on the 28, let's say you you know you're on the 30, you get the 28. What's the odds of scoring a touchdown at that point? They're still not great. No. And the field goal is short enough that you're going to make it 75, you know, 70 yeah. percent. And yeah. time is still on their side because at this point there's change. over three minutes left in the game. You have three timeouts. You have the two minute warning. So you have opportunities to when you kick the ball back. It's not one first down for the Steelers and the game's over. Yep. So I understood that decision. But they get a lucky penalty, which was they, not a penalty. And they it was a penalty. Eh, leverage. It was kind of close. Yeah, I mean, like, he pushed up with his arm. Like, even Sterator came on and said it was a penalty. <laughs> okay, so you guys might wonder, did AJ have any um, stakes on this game? Maybe. I had it, too. I had the Raiders Maybe also. I did. Uh-huh. But <laughs> So they get the penalty. It's half the distance to the goal. They wind up with another fourth down, the Raiders do. It's fourth and four at the eight-yard line. And now, with two minutes and 22 seconds left in the game, Josh McDaniels decides. Wait, it wasn't fourth and goal from the eight. Fourth and four. Yeah, that's fourth what and I'm four saying, from yeah. the eight. Josh McDaniels decides to take the field goal there. You're not. Baffling. You're not going to get closer. Like you're being eight yards away from the end zone is about the best you're going to get. And you don't even need eight. You need four. You need four. I, I mean, it, you have to get a touchdown. And in that situation, all I could feel like was, wow. They just kicked a field goal to make a one-possession game a one-possession game. So so what does the field goal do for you? One, it makes it where you don't have to make the two-pointer, right? right? So that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But you still can't win or tie with a field goal, obviously. So and it hear- also lets them – if they kick a field goal, you're still not dead. Yeah. You still have a chance. Except with two minutes left, what's the difference? Exactly. Let's hear from Josh McDaniels on the decision to kick the field goal there. You know, I thought we um, – you know, you have two choices there. You know, you try to make it a five-point game where you have an opportunity to win it with a touchdown if you get the ball back, you know, or you try to, you know, uh, go for it there. And then if you, ho- if you, if you happen to convert, then you got to make the two-point conversion and all the rest of it. So, um, you know, just as are the decisions you got to make. You know, I thought we did a decent job of putting ourselves in third down there the next series with the defense to try to have a play to get off the field, and we just wouldn't handle that play very well. You're going to need another possession anyway. You know what I mean? So it is, it's uh, It's not a lack of confidence. You know, we went for it multiple times. I get what he's saying, RJ. What's you're, he saying? He's saying that you're going to need another possession anyway. Mm-hmm. So he wants that possession to be to win the game instead of well, 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 to wait. try and Why tie the game. Why do you need another possession? Yeah, if you score and score the two, you don't need another possession to overtime. You're going to need the ball anyway to win the game. Yeah, or I guess your defense going to stop. That's how football works. Once yeah. you score, you let them have the ball. Like, yeah. That's just the way it works. I mean, what I'm saying, at that point, you're in a coin flip. If you score there, you're in a coin flip. Yes. Right? And ideally, you get five yards or so, then take a player or two to get in. They don't yeah. have much time left. 
And Kenny Pickett, let's be honest, he did not – that offense didn't look great in general. No. I think the Steelers' offense, like – I feel like Matt Canada has all his plays written on a stone tablet. Like it is from the, the like he's a dinosaur, and didn't it is you, a dinosaur offense. You use that line on I Friday. did use that line, but it's even more true now. Like it, it is a such an old school offense that I, I don't know how it works. The amount of running on first and ten. Second and nine. I, I mean, I've never seen. I mean, this is kind of a different level in the modern era of futility. It feels like. Yeah, it's tough. And and boy, Kenny Pickett wearing a glove on his throwing hand is very, very disturbing. He's. Uh, I tell you this. He's athletic on the field. He is. Mm-hmm. I mean, like watching that game live. He was athletic. He's small. I, I think he's six three, but he looks small. But boy, he can run. I mean, he can run. Mac, what does the uh, what what did the bot say? What did the 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 decision bot say about that play? This was the only one where there was a clear decision. Going for it, fifteen percent chance you win. Kicking the field goal like they did, eight percent chance. Because you almost double your chance to win. Yeah, that's a great point. It, because Scott, it, it you said something earlier. It, earlier in the quarter, when there yeah. were thirteen minutes left mm-hmm. and they were down two touchdowns, they went for it. If you're going to kick a field goal at some point, that's the time to do it. Exactly. So they were down 16 and fourth and five at the 22 yard line. They kicked the field. They, if you kick a field goal there, well, now you're down two possessions still, but it's an easier two possessions than two touchdowns. You don't need to worry about extra conversions. Or conversions. So if he's worried about making that second possession easier, and that's why he kicked the field goal with two minutes left. He should have done it with 13 minutes left. It just didn't make sense because here's the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario, if you go for it on fourth down there, fourth and four from the eight-yard line, you don't get it. You still have three timeouts, the two-point conversion, I mean, two-minute warning, and the Steelers have the ball on their own eight-yard line. That's much better than the kickoff. The only thing that the the announcers obviously don't want to – take a dump on decisions because they have to deal with these coaches down the road. I get it. But the one thing Collinsworth said that I agreed with was that's a decision that's very dependent on who your quarterback is. And if it's, if he, if Josh McDaniels had, he has his handpicked quarterback, right? But if he had Tom Brady and not Jimmy Garoppolo, that decision's probably different. I thought I don't know how it looked on TV. I thought Garoppolo played well. He's got. I tell you, that guy will take a hit. Like yeah. you won't believe. I mean, like he is. That's why he gets hurt every year. <laughs> but but he stands in that pocket, man. That I one mean, play where he got folded backwards. It was like I thought he. I didn't think he was going to get up. It was like, Brian Hoyer time. Oh boy, <laughs> Hoyer was quick to grab his helmet. He was ready. <laughs> I tell you this much: is they're the Steelers' cornerback. That they got number thirty-two. You know, like it was the first pick of the second round this year. I'm oh, not, uh, Junior, um, Joey Ford, Ford. Junior. Yeah. yeah, he is the leanest, strongest-looking corner I've ever seen. I mean, I don't know what he, what his tally is. He's like six-three, and I mean, I thought it was Pickens to be honest. I mean, I look and, and it was like, let me just tell you, that's an athlete. I mean, mm-hmm. it's funny seeing these pros up close. I mean, it, it's a different breed. And if if Minka Fitzpatrick was hurt. He should get hurt more often. He looked, he looked really good last night. Uh, Josh McDaniels, to me, falls into that category of guys that are very good coordinators but do not make head coaches. Josh McDaniels falls into the category of if he had never crossed paths with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. No, I don't he think would, that's true. He would live under a bridge. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, listen, I tell you this. I agree he hasn't been a good head coach. And I actually noticed a disconnect with the team and the organization and the people around it that I'll comment on. But McDaniels, again, let's go to our friend Mike Lombardi. He's been around for a long time. He, Bill Walsh, he was assistant yep. to. Al Davis, Belichick, 
He said McDaniels is one of the smartest football guys he's ever been around. He knows as much football as anyone on offense. Look at the Patriots since. And the point I'm saying is you can be super talented and not be a head coach because it takes different skills. And that's, how right. is that's this where defensible? he fits in. Like you say, he's a smart football guy, but how is this decision defensible? And that's a, I mean, that's a time when I well, guess the, Bill Belichick would have had to make that decision. But the, well, people complain about his in-game decisions now too, so I'm not sure. But I will say this: you guys have all been again. I just had this impression today. You know how quick this stuff is moving, yeah. and how you got to make this decision, and, and you got someone in your ear about something else. I'm not giving any excuse. I'm saying it's it's high pressure with seconds to decide. I, you know, it's very few people do it well. What'd you walk away from feeling about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, do you feel confidence in this team? Is no. this uh... no? This is the t- this is a very similar team that they've. I-, I actually think they're on the right track more than in years past. As in, Pickett is the question, right? I don't. It doesn't seem like he's going to be what we hope as a Steelers fan. But I think the defense. I mean, to have Haywood out and that D still play well, I, I would say this: they're going to do well against teams that aren't clearly better than them i don't want them getting seven i want them getting two and a half mm. kind of situation they asked on the broadcast about the raiders they said is this are the raiders a, a bad offense or are the steelers in that category with the browns the jets and the cowboys that they're going to make a lot of teams look bad like which which do you feel i think is? they're a top seven or eight defense okay and I and and the Raiders. I mean, even watching the broadcast, it's like they were, they brought up the point. They have so many elite pieces. How is this not a better team? I can tell you the difference between the Raiders' offense a year ago and now. It's not Jimmy Carr versus or Jimmy Garoppolo versus Derek Carr. It's Josh Jacobs is not effective right mm-hmm. now. Like he, he was so good last year that it opened up the passing game. Mm-hmm. And now no one is afraid of Josh Jacobs. Like he is a, he had a couple good runs in the fourth quarter, but he did nothing before that. And the the Steelers just didn't have to respect it, which I was surprised because the Steelers got gashed last week without Cam Hayward in there. And I thought, man, this is the chance for Josh Jacobs to get rolling. He just never did. They cannot get their run game going. So would you stick to your bat now if the game was going to be replayed, or would you come over to RJ's side? It's uh, probably your side. I, I mean, again, well, if it was three. it closed right I liked it I liked it under three and this you're asking me in a moment where I'm so infuriated with Josh McDaniels that like I don't want to back him it's the same reason I couldn't back the Chargers this week I said they've got the dumbest coach now I don't know if they have the dumbest coach it's a coin flip did you you saw the play they made when oh yeah yeah I mean lordy p back to the Raiders to finish my point about it just generally the Raiders, and if you guys watched, I'm guessing you did, Hard Knocks two years ago, I think it was, the Raiders were yep. there, if not three, I'm not sure. And they talked about the Raiders family, how they, better than any other team, have this legacy of if you're part of the Raider family, you're there. There were so many former Raiders around. Except Antonio Brown, he's out of the family. Yeah, <laughs> well, you can get, you can get excommunicated. Yeah. <laughs> but they do embrace their, 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 the, the people they shared that team with, and to me, it's a wonderful thing because for a team that doesn't win, is there a team in the league that's got better fan, more committed fans than the Raiders? The Bills. That's the only. Con- they're the only one in the, the conversation. The Bills have won a lot of games. Like if you if you go back to Marv Levy and, and and let's say back to the first Super Bowl they were in in that era where they went in four in a row. Mackenzie, you can run this. Go from what was that ninety one? Ninety, ninety one, ninety two. All right, ninety three. So, 
So 90 was the first season. Yeah. Okay. Go from 90 on, just stack by wins. That's all we want. You know, just, I bet the Bills are right there. Uh, no, they're not going to be with the pay, but I bet they're not. I'm going to bet seventh. We'll see. They, they've. Well, I, I would bet lower than that. They had a lot of years where they were just seven and nine. They, you, you know. But I've had your. We'll see. But the point I'm saying is, let's say the bill. Hey, they called the Bills Mafia for a reason. Yeah. So let's say that. But they the Raiders had, are right there for sure. And to me, there's something about it. Al Davis instilled it, where there's this ethos that you can believe in. Be the Raider way. It might not win a ton of games, but there is a Raider way. Yeah. And I was looking at their, you know, they got all the propaganda, but each team does. But they won three, right? I didn't realize they won it. Like, I think it was 76, 80, and then 83. No. You know, what's wild is because it went between decades. The Steelers won four, which was the most ever. But look at the Cowboys. The Cowboys won three, and they had a dynasty, right, 91. 90. But why don't the Raiders have a dynasty from, you know, if you think about it, from 76 to 83, they won three. It's because it wasn't in the same decade. Maybe. It feels like that, doesn't it? Because I never even thought of it. But anyway, here's what I saw. Josh McDaniels is a my way or the highway. Belichickian coach. Mm -hmm. And he's a car. Car was the Raider for life. We don't like you. You're out, you know, because you didn't do this. Who knows why? You're gone. It's like this whole culture of the Raiders is about if you're one of us, you're one of us. The Belichick is if you can help me, you're here. If not, if I'll see you see later. It. Yeah. It feels disconnected. It feels like McDaniel's not a good fit for the organization. That's what I think. So going back to your Bill's success thing, it reminded me of something that, uh, this week. Uh, one of the guys from Stathead, a baseball writer, mm -hmm. put together a chart of NFL standings if it was baseball style. And it was over the last 162 Ooh, games. Okay. The Bills, where do you think they rank in the AFC over the last 162 games if it was a baseball? So this would be 10 years then? Ten years again. Where do you think they rank in terms of wins? I'm going to say they're high. Second. Third. Oh, I'm, I, I'm oh, going to no. go like twelfth. Uh, they're fourth. Okay. Wow. So the Chiefs, 116 and 46. The Patriots, 109 and 53. Oh, I, th I was thinking twelfth in the league. Steelers, 101 yeah. and 59. We win. And then it's oh Ravens, 94 and 68. Then the Bills, 93 and 69. Okay. The Bills would be a wild card team. <laughs> <They'd be> wild. <laughs> That's wild. In Matt, the what'd NFC. You, uh, what'd you come up with oh. for the uh, the standings? So since 1990, the Patriots have the most wins. The Steelers, number two. We win. <laughs> the Raiders, number 24. What about the Buffalo Bills? The Buffalo Bills are 13th. Okay. okay. So that's a little lower than I thought. There must have been some down years in oh, the late yeah. 90s. There, there, was, some, there was some Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie years. Didn't in they there. have the longest streak with no playoff games before Tyrod Taylor's game? The, their last, the last playoff game they were in before Tyrod Taylor's game was the Music City Miracle. So that was 99. So they and there was like a, we haven't been there for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. We got to get rid of the quarterback that took us there no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Well, I think they made the right decision, though. The one they got now is all right. He's doing all he, he might only lost so far this, on, on the weekend. Yeah. The, oh, my gosh. I tell you this. One last thing. Mm -hmm. I'll be recapping the entire card with Fez. Yep. Taping Monday night. Release it Tuesday morning early. But the wise guys... I don't think they're so wise, at least at this point. You look at these line moves. There was humongous money on Washington. Okay, that didn't seem too close, no. did it? And then you look at the Miami-Denver game. I can't believe it kicked me off the game. Every handicapping point, I'm like, Dolphins kill them. Mm -hmm. But it was five and a half. I'm not going to play it. I mean, think about it. It was, it, it was almost touch seven, and then it's just steady money bringing it down. Yeah. I mean, listen – I know it's anecdotal to say one game. You can't say one game. 
Man, I mean, listen, there was a lot of Houston money, and that was very right. Right. What's going on with that Houston team? I mean, that's a dom. You don't see an underdog that big dominate very much. No, but the, the Texans historically dominate the Jags. Yeah, it's so funny. And they're the one team that got it right at quarterback, I think. Like, it, it, I mean, if you could do it over again, I mean, it's a three-game sample and really two for but, Bryce but, but Young. That's what makes it interesting. If we redrafted right now. You have to take Stroud over Bryce Young. Stroud's number one, yeah. But who, who goes to? Anthony Richardson. Probably Anthony Richardson. That, yeah. it, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Stroud after became, five quarters? I'm not, I'm not sure. Stroud became the first quarterback in NFL history to have at least 900 passing yards, four touchdowns, and zero picks in his first three career starts. 84 QBRs throughout tonight. I mean, it, it makes you think Ryan, D'Amico Ryans is on to something, it seems like. And it is so funny. We can sit here all day and talk about these coaches that shouldn't got fired. If you're a good coach, a really good coach, you seem to have an effect on that team right away. Mm, and the, fire them up, yeah. And the coaches that don't, they're usually not. They, they might have skills, but they don't. You know, look at Josh McDaniels. How long are they going to keep losing before we say this yep. isn't one of those guys? Well, RJ, I had one more stat I wanted to give I'm you ready. before uh, before we let you go. Is it 40 of 47? 40 of 47. I figured you would go here. What this, is this? 40 of 47, the highest completion percentage in the history of the NFL for a game with over 45 pass attempts. That was Justin Herbert yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's amazing? So let's, let's think about this now. Let's think about this. Let's examine it with a cold, sober eye. Okay. And they barely won the game. They barely won the game. I'm telling you, <laughs> does that make you feel Curly from the Three Stooges is their head coach. It's uh, it's. Does that make you feel good or bad? It it makes me feel bad because I know he's he's never going to win anything as long as Staley is around. Like I hope they win just enough. They can't fire Staley. They, that's what they did last year. That's what they did. Yet that's what they did yesterday. Like if they lose that game because of that call, I think you can make a reasonable case to fire him. What do you think of the fourth down call, RJ? So let me get this straight now. They were on their own, like, 28? 20, 20, I think it was 24, right? They were on 24 yards. 24 yards. How much yeah. time was left? Minute 51 on the clock. Okay, so the, here's the theory. You get the first, the game's over. It's pretty much – I mean, yes. I don't know how many timeouts there were, but okay. No, they had, that was – there were no more timeouts for Minnesota. All right, so you get the first, the game's over. So now what's the odds of getting the first down? That's the question. And then the question becomes, if you don't get it, the fact it's not a three-point game, I think, makes it more of a – not a smart move, but it, it recommends it more because now they still got to get 25 yep. yards. But still, psycho think – what does the bot say on that one? Psychologically, I think that's a tough position to put your defense in if you don't get it. Your running back, also 11 carries, 12 yards. Like, yeah. he was doing nothing. You can't feel good about but handing the ball to him. From what I understand, these teams come in with a couple of plays that they think are perfect – for these kind of, which is why you think the Raiders, the Raiders ran one and it wound up being the touchdown. Yeah. Remember, they, they ran the play that it was their fourth and one. They had the great play fake and there was the Adams touchdown. Yep. And sometimes you run out of those, but you, if he had one of those, you maybe see it. It's funny. I, I think that I'm going to make a, a 10 year prediction. All right. Write this down. When this stuff starts being adopted, where something like that's more normal, I think it becomes more successful. I think now it's so shocking that when you fail at it, there's an emotional response. And that, to me, is a negative to be that contrary, that, that in a way you could say innovative, I'm not sure. I think that team, the Chargers, who lost, I think almost everybody would say they lost more games than they should have last year, mm -hmm. given their talent. Had they started the season 0-3 and lost because of that decision, 
I think he would have lost a team. I, I don't think that team would have been wanting to play for him anymore. I hope they win. I hope they slip in the playoffs, oh, lose the first. Why game. do you want Justin Herbert's life to be miserable? Like, I don't know. Somehow now it's become that, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. So the bot says go for it. It's almost more than a 99% chance to win to go for it, 98% chance if you uh, if you punt it away at that moment. See, the computer Unreal. Hey, the computer agrees with him. Yep. You're against the computer, AJ. I am. Who's favored? Uh, the computer. Well, RJ, uh, <laughs> I knew you got to get home. Thank you for stopping by. Thanks. You, you know, I'm glad you had a good time at the game. Did you see Fez or he was with the common folk and you were in the, in the well, booth? Well, here's the thing. When I was there, I hear the word. Now, here's what's wow. I'll bring this up tomorrow, too, and see what Fez says. Is last night I text him and I say, hey, I got a chance to go to this game. I'm going to go, you know. He goes, his text comes back, and it's just one little phrase. It says, that's negative EV. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. I go, he goes, for all the in-game betting, all that, I don't think it's a good idea. And it's like, why are you saying I don't? It was very personal. Then the next, I didn't really, you know, press it. Next day, the guy I'm with says, uh, and he had his three boys with him, nice kids. You know, two, one's coming on Wednesday. He's an AV guy. He might start, you know, giving us 10 hours to help him nice. see out. But the, um, he said... Fez told me about the negative EV. Then the guy says, hey, I think Fez is here. I go, what are you talking about? I heard on one of the shows he says he's coming and he's going to be in the Caesar suite. I go, that's weird. Why didn't he mention that? So I text him. I go, are you at the game? And he says, no, I decided not to go because Johnny wasn't able. There was something about Johnny. And I thought, that's why he said that. Uh, when I, I mean, like, why would he say that when he was going to go? That, that's all you got to know with Fez. If something seems weird. There's something you don't know. There's a reason for There's it. There's a reason for it. That's all, leave with that. That's all I can say. Well, we'll be looking forward to the Market Report pod coming up tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it. And it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. 
And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Well, since we just mentioned the Chargers game, AJ, we might as well get into that. Chargers beating the Vikings 28-24 in the battle of the 0-2 teams. So Minnesota falls to 0-3. The Chargers get their first win. But that was a very interesting call late in the game. And McKenzie gave us the stats about the bot. I can't believe that. Yeah, a slight uptick in win percentage when you go for it there. But he put a lot of pressure on his defense. But you know what? His defense came through. What's interesting is it's only 64% chance you get the first down. When you hear that, I'm like, there's a 36% chance I'm going to give the ball to the other team with 25 yards to go to beat me. It sounds dumb, but the, the mathematics add up. You know, it's slightly better. You know what? I think, it, like, if you like, you mentioned the math, I get it. I, I guess when I think about the idea that the Chargers have a six foot six quarterback, mm-hmm. run a sneak. Yeah. Like, if they had done that, yeah, I don't, I don't think I would have been so mad. But, like, turning around and handing it off to a guy who had literally done nothing all day. I, I, I never get that call. What is the one team defending? It's like, well, we got to stop the run up middle. But, like, and it's it's not Austin Eckler. It's your backup running back. Like, I would have been. Your quarterback 6'6", six, six, just snap it and dive. But I also, you got it. I also think I would have been fine if they did the play like the Raiders did on their fourth and one. where Take a it, shot. It was a play action, and it was a one-on-one coverage. Because you know what that says? If we don't get it, I can, I can, I can come back and say, you know, Herbert was 40 I, for 47. Yeah, I put, the ball, <laughs> I put the ball in the hands of my best player with a chance I, to win the game. I'm okay with that. I'll let Justin Herbert make that throw anytime he but wants. But I'm putting the ha- I'm putting the game in the hands of Josh Kelly. Not real promising. No. Or I would have given Herbert like uh like an RPO look and say, "Hey, if you want to hand it off, hand it off. If not, no, pull the, it back. I would say never hand it off. Yeah, that's like a, just d- dive the freaking ball. Um uh, but what? they may have lost Mike Williams, which is uh, yeah, which shocker. The the Chargers dealing with injury issues. They don't have Eckler right now. Now Mike Williams looks like he may be out for a while, and he had a huge game up until he went out. Seven catches, 121 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Keenan Allen, 18 catches, 215 yards. Mm. So the the offense finally starts clicking, and now you lose a big chunk of it. You see the yardage splits for this game. Who do you think had more yards without looking at it? Total yards, Vikings or the Chargers? Vikings. Yeah, it would be the Vikings because, the, again, the Chargers ran for, like, nothing. The trick question. They exactly had exactly 475 same, yeah. yards. Did they? Well, I oh, knew wow. the Vikings had a ton. Um, Minnesota, it seems like 30 they're out. rushing yards. It, it seems like more like Min- 70 points, but that's kind of It seems like stuff. Minnesota's out-yarding everybody. That's what they and, do. And you three know three what? Now, it's, yeah. it's, it's this, this year is the opposite of last year. Last year, they won games they shouldn't have won, and their record was faulty. This year, they're losing games that they should have won, and their record is faulty. If you bet a side in this game, you knew what you were getting into. Yeah. This was going to be a, a one-possession game down to the wire because that's all these two teams mm-hmm. do is play one-possession games down to the wire. So now Minnesota falls to 0-3. They might be the best 0-3 team in the league, but they fall to 0-3. Guess what their playoff chances are well, on percentage basis. I'm going to tell you that only six teams – that have started 0-3 right. have made the playoffs in the Super Bowl era. So like 3%, 2%, something crazy. The market, Vegas market thinks they have a higher chance than that. About 25%. Even down 0-3, they got an easy schedule lined up. Well, we do Possible. have we do have the expanded Plus playoffs. Plus 320 on the yes. Yep. We do have the expanded playoffs. So of the six teams that made, um, the Bucks were in the strike-shortened season, so that doesn't count. 
But the playoffs expanded from 10 to 16 seasons, you know, 16 playoffs. Now we have expanded now with an extra wild card. So maybe there is a better probability of, of making it as an 0-3 team. Their division odds didn't really go I down that say, much because like, the Lions lost. I think, I think when you look actually. at this division. They're 6-1 to win it. It's like. This division, there's no good teams in this. Team. Everybody right. thought the Lions were going to be better than they are. Mm-hmm. So now the Vikings, the Vikings are two games behind the Lions. They get to play them twice. Yep. Like they play the Packers twice. Last well, thing they didn't play feel, a division game yet. They're zero and three and didn't play a division game yet. Does anyone here at this table feel like the the, the Lions or the Packers are just way better than the Vikings? No, like, I, I I picked the Vikings to win the division, and I, <laughs> I still stand by that. Yeah, it's not crazy. They could sweep the division, and I don't care if they're zero and three. If they sweep their division games, they're winning the division. They're zero and three. Their point differential is. Minus 13. Mm. They're not bad. It's yeah, funny. The Broncos had the most marginal point differential through not, two games. Not two losses. <laughs> now they're right where they should be. Yeah. 17 points per game they're losing by. So Vikings fall to 0 and 3. And avoiding the 0 and 3 start, the New England Patriots, who defeat the Jets 15 10 for the 15th straight time. The Patriots beat the Jets in a game that neither of these teams had any business winning. I don't want to say that my entire handicap on this game was built around the fact that Zach Wilson is completely inept, but it was. And Zach Wilson is maybe the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. And we're talking about, I don't know. Like Justin Fields can run. Let's think about it. If you had the chance, you're a Jets fan. Mm -hmm. If the Bears called the Jets and said, we'll give you Justin Fields for Zach Wilson oh, straight I up. The, I think the Jets could build an offense around Justin Fields. I, I was, don't think I was it's a te- question. I was telling somebody today, they were like, what quarterback do we need? I said, we need a quarterback that can run. Because our offensive line stinks, and they need to design, they need to run designed runs for the quarterback. Because that's the only way they're going to be competitive in these games. The quarterback is giving them nothing. But I, tw- I was tweeting during this game because it, at some point, honestly, it's as much as I was shitting on Zach Wilson, it's not him. It's not all him. Like, the play calling is atrocious. The, the the offensive line is atrocious. You're not getting anything from the running game. Brees Hall, 12 carries, 18 yards. Dalvin Cook, 8 carries, 18 yards. Like, do something. Anybody. I don't think any you put any quarterback there, nothing's happening. Well, let's roll back to what I said in the first segment about Josh McDaniels. If Nathaniel Hackett never meets Aaron Rodgers... Is he working in the NFL Absolutely today? Not. Like, there's Absolutely no not. chance. <laughs> we, and and you, I got to be honest, this Jets offense right now looks like what the Broncos looked like last year. And Russell Wilson exactly. is a capable quarterback, and he looked awful last year. Zach Wilson's a capable quarterback. Is he, though? Well, we We've haven't never seen, seen him that. with a good coach. But It's funny. You were talking to me last week, and you're like, you know, his QBR versus Bill Belichick, I'm like, it's even worse than it is naturally. 18 QBR is, like, right in line with the rest that, of the game. It's yeah. what he's done every time. But every time. Like, I mean, the Patriots didn't do anything in this game. There was one busted coverage. The Patriots' offense is dreadful. Yes. Well, was, let's look at the numbers. There was one busted coverage that led to a Farrell Brown touchdown. You said anyone could have won this game. Maybe the Patriots are terrible and their offense is terrible, but they should have won this game. 371 yards, 351 yards to 171. They almost doubled them up. They did double them up. Yeah, there was So the t- Jets, as bad as they were, the Patriots weren't as bad. There was a time in this game where the, <laughs> I tweeted it out because I was just baffled by what I was watching. The Jets had nine drives. Of their first nine drives, they had four first downs and eight punts. That's crazy. Four first downs and eight punts. After their first five possessions, their first 18 plays, the Jets had only six yards of offense. If you look at the box score, 10 points is like the best case scenario for those. I got to be honest. The best pass that Zach Wilson threw was the Hail Mary. 
Yeah. And it went right through Randall Cobb's head. Yeah, he almost had it. He had a chance. That was the best pass he threw all game. Fourth, this is, to me, and, and okay, this is on the quarterback. It's fourth and one in a three. In, it's fourth and one. You're down five. Oh, fourth, excuse me, fourth and ten. He throws a one-yard pass. He threw the ball to a receiver at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I don't get this. It's I, fourth and ten. Well, Just chuck the ball down the field. He said that he looked deep and he didn't really like what he looked. Maybe it was a bad decision. Yeah, maybe, Zach. And he said, oh, he only had to beat one guy. Well, he got two yards and he didn't beat any guys. So You're better off throwing it in the air trying to get a penalty. Just throw the ball. You know how many penalties we watched in that Sunday night game that would just happen because you threw the ball up in the air? Like, good things happen when you just throw the ball. But the Jets, three plays, punt. Three and out, six and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Ten-play drive, field goal, nice. Five and out, three and out, three and out. 13-play touchdown drive, 13-10 game. I thought the Jets were going to win this. So since 2018, we've been tracking 2,800 NFL games. 26 of them had a yard yards per play as bad as the Jets, 0-26. It's like 1 in 100 games you'll watch an offense this bad. It was it, It's pathetic. And for Robert Sala to say they're sticking with Zach Wilson, at some point you just need to make a change to inspire your team because no one has faith in Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson is flipping out on the sidelines. He, he's animated. This is just a, this situation has gotten horrific for the Jets. And I don't think it's salvageable. They're going to get walloped by the Chiefs on Sunday night, which can we flex that game out now, please? No. Like, think about it. Bills Dolphins is an, uh, it's like a 1 p.m. kickoff. Like, can we flex, can we flex <laughs> out so Jets and Chiefs? Like, this is, this is awful. But they're going to get. going to triple overtime at 77 <laughs> 77. Yeah. It's, this is actually, you know what? Like, watch the Jets beat the Chiefs. And like, crazier things it, have happened. Yeah. Like, the Cardinals beating the Cowboys. I guess let's transition into that game. Wait, and, and real this, quick with the Jets. We already talked about the Vikings. Kirk Cousins more of a possibility now with the Vikings Owens. Well, now they're Owens. They got to be yeah. Now, yeah, knocking down some doors. Anybody, right? Just trade for anybody. It doesn't matter. Anybody's but, better than Zach Wilson. Here's the thing. I, I think there's teams out there. The New Orleans Saints come to mind if they've lost. If Derek Carr's out for any amount of time, apparently it's not season ending. Not season ending. They still have Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill though. And they well, get well, Alvin well, What were you going to say? That? I was going to say, like, to me, the Saints make a lot more sense trying to make a push for a guy like Kirk Cousins. Than... Oh, because the Jets season are over and they have no hope. I okay, mean, good. Yeah. Glad we established that. It's kind of how it feels right now. <laughs> I, I... All right, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Cardinals. And I'll just say this. Um, maybe people shouldn't have crowned the Cowboys as the best team in the NFL after beating the Jets and the Giants. I think that's very because fair. We and but, I, I got it. I bought into it as well. But, and it's, and just, I mean, it's numbers are numbers. You want to say they're the number one scoring defense. They had the number one offense. They they were incredible in the first and two it was weeks. Domination. They played nobody. Yep. Nobody. But and they now, played the biggest market twice, so that gets a lot of buzz. And now they played the team that is supposed to have the worst record in the NFL, and they were outplayed, outcoached, and outclassed from start to finish. Yeah. And it was, again, this was a bad Dak Prescott game. This was a bad coaching game for McCarthy. This was just a bad game. And it felt like maybe they were going to make a push in the second half. And, of Bro, course. I lost so much money on Cowboys' second half. I don't even want to talk about it. Like, how do they not come back and win this game? I felt so good because that was one of the, the bets we came to on uh, on the Dream Pod this yep. week. And I, minus five and a half, I was like, I'm playing this right now. And it was minus ten. 
great I, line value. I had great line. I'm feeling wonderful. They were down 21-10. The Cowboys are losing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I don't even need them to win. Yeah. I and I mean, just a a terrible, terrible showing by the Cowboys. They were down 13-21, driving in the, on the fourth down to go. They were favored. They were favored to win. Down eight. The Cowboys had all of the market support throughout the whole game. They never adjusted. It, it, I have no idea, like what, and and McCarthy made some asinine decisions as well because it, he took instead of taking the points with like three minutes to go in the in the third quarter, he goes for it on fourth down. Yeah, but then in the fourth quarter, exact same spot, he takes the points and he goes down twenty one sixteen. Had he kicked the field goal before. It might have been a 21-19 game, and then you only need a field goal to win. But I just, I am baffled. You know what? When a head coach also is calling plays for one of the sides of the team, whether it's the offense or the defense, it never works. You have to be able to separate being the head coach and being the one that makes the decisions versus worrying about play calling. So you think a guy like Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan should just have someone else doing cuz obviously they're good at play Why calling. Why did Mike McDaniel bring in Vic Fangio? To have a guy who has head coaching experience that can help yeah. him make I'm decisions. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm that just he felt uncomfortable yeah. or not satisfied enough with last season and it was a genius move. Because I mean, the Vikings, Vikings did the same thing. Is a Super Bowl what contender. What do you mean? Bringing in Brian, Bring Flores, in Brian Flores. For, you know, when you've got a young, inexperienced head coach, you want somebody on the other side of the ball. Like, obviously, these are, we're talking about offensive head coaches. Mm-hmm. You want somebody on the other side of the ball who's an experienced defensive guy. And Shanahan's a little different now because he's he's not young anymore. Like, he's he's got so much football experience now, but, like, yeah. Early in his career, that's when it would make more sense. And you Mike know? McCarthy, sure. Mike McCarthy is he's, he's a veteran head coach, but this is his first time calling plays in a few years. Yeah. So he's focused on calling plays for the offense, not on making smart yeah. head coaching decisions. And McDaniel's forget about it. We already discussed that. I think Matt Eberflus now calling the defensive plays for the Bears. You can't even. You're not. You can't even be a head coach. Results and, weren't great week one of that. Yeah, that two weeks in two a row. Weeks. Oh yeah, neither. He did it last week too. Yeah. So what kind of adjustment do we make on the Cowboys now? The Cowboys are seven point favorites hosting the Patriots next week. Does that feel? Does that feel rich to you guys? Because like we just talked about the Patriots, they didn't look great. I got. Right. I, th- I feel like the Cowboys are going to be the most publicly bet team in week three because people are going to think that this was a fluke. You mean week four? Next week four. Because people are going to think that this was a fluke and that they're really the team that they were beating the Jets and the Giants and they're at home and they're not going to lose two straight and the Patriots barely got by the Jets. This line's going up. People are going to bet the Dallas Cowboys. I bet you the Sharps are going to be on the, the Patriots. I think you. I think they will be the second most public team behind the Miami Dolphins. Sure. No, I, yes. when, when somebody puts well, up, somebody 70 up 70 points. points. It's, so the market adjustment is about a half point so far. Maybe a little bit more because it's on a key number. Patriots were seven and a half point dogs. Now they're seven point dogs. I think we can agree the Patriots didn't impress much. Mm-hmm. About a point downgrade for the Cowboys. Let's yeah. talk about those Miami Dolphins. Unreal. 70 points against the Broncos. Everything worked for Miami. And 350 rushing yards? Everything. Devon A. Chain, 203 yards and two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert scored three touchdowns. Tyreek Hill, you thought, hey, no Jalen Waddle in this game, right? You got to D up Tyreek Hill. Nine catches, 157 yards, and a touchdown. Tua is unbelievable. And I am so mad at myself for not taking Tua in our quarterback draft because I had him last year, and he got hurt, 
and ruined the whole quarterback draft for me because at the time of him getting hurt, McKenzie, what was he, top four QBR? Yeah. At the before, time he got hurt? Well, when he went down the first time in yes. like the first three weeks of the season, he was number one. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'm a little scared because he might get hurt again. He's unbelievable, and he got better this offseason. Hey, there's no doubt. And I, I still have the same concerns that he – can get hurt. I do think that he is going to be more apt to getting hurt than, than other guys. And I thought that there were points in this game where he should have been out of the game, like well before he was, Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but yeah, there's no doubt when he's on the field, this is, this offense is, is out Did of this you world. See that play that they ran with goal to go where they fake the reverse to Tyreek Hill and shovel past it to a chain. Yeah. yeah. That was Mike McKenzie. No look, no look, right handed yeah, like no pass. Look, shovel pass. Now, it's to his advantage because he's a lefty. So he drops back as a lefty to a and holds out his left hand to fake the reverse to Tyreek and pitched it with his right hand. Mike McDaniel's an offensive genius. He, he, it is work. Like this, look at what last year was not a fluke for this offense. It is working this year. And maybe the, the smartest pick that I ever gave out on this show or, or this entire podcast network was when I said when we did our uh, forced long shot picks and I took the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. Maybe. Because it's the only thing I've probably gotten I, right. I still think that they, there's <laughs> there's some work for them to do defensively. Uh, and I do think they are very, you know, health dependent, maybe more than other teams. But when they are clicking, it, it, is, it is fun to watch. And that's, I mean, it's the game, it's the game I'm looking most forward to next week, that Dolphins-Bills game. That's going to be a fantastic matchup. So second most yards in history, 1951 Rams still have the number, 726 total yards. It's unbelievable. And, and they could have kicked a field goal. Yes, I love the answer, though. Mike McDaniel, no more field Mike McDaniel said, they asked him, why not go for the 73 and get the record? And he said, it just felt like we would be chasing a record, and that's not what we do. Like, we, we score because... Like, we're still playing the game. He's like, at that point, you're just supposed to take knees and end the game. They had 14 drives, one punt. They went for it on three first down, fourth downs. Yeah. Got one of them. What I love is, I mean, they're very much like a uh, like a college offense. Yes. Like, they scored more points, or they, they tied for their, the fourth quarter was their highest scoring quarter mm -hmm. in a game that they won 70 to 20. Like, there was no, uh, let's let's take off the, no, they went, went, went. Everything now, was working, though. Again, why would you stop? Again, How bad are the Broncos, though? I think we got to talk about that I, for a second. What's funny is, you know what? Here's the thing. I think we would almost all agree Russ looks considerably better than he did last year. I, I would agree with that. However, the defense that kept them, like, respectable last year now looks like complete dog shit. Mm -hmm. So, yep. it, it's... It's kind of what I said about the Commanders last week, where everybody was like, well, Sam Howell looks good. Yeah. And it's like, so the, the Commanders must be good. And I said, well, wait a minute, because their defense that everybody thought was good coming into the year isn't good. So even if their offense has gotten better, when the defense drops off that much, you're still not a good team. I, I mean, I the Broncos defensively, they are – I'm trying to – they're right there with the Bears and the Chargers. Like giving up 105 points last two weeks. I mean, it's 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 rough. So, and I don't know that there's a fix for that. And like Russ can be better. Like he, I I really think he's way better than he was a year ago. It's not enough. Mm -hmm. Like Russ can't carry this thing. There's just there's no way. And boy, Sean Payton does not like this. You can tell you can tell guys who aren't used to losing and like eating shit, mm -hmm. and they're having to eat shit for the first time. 
he does not like the way it tastes. He does not like being one of those guys who starts out 0-3 and everybody's going, oh, I thought Sean Payton was some yeah, great coach. Yeah. It's like you can, he's just so angry and disgusted. I don't know what the move is, though. I, I don't know how you fix this thing. Let's move on. The uh, Browns, a 27-3 win over the Titans. Nothing really to take away from this game. Other Except than that we were right Browns, and you were wrong. Other than the Browns Except defense. that we were right, us two, AJ yes. and I, Thank were yes. super right. The Browns defense is just dominant. It is. I'm telling you. It's dominant. It's, it is the— and I, and I would say that this was Deshaun Watson's best game of the season. No question. There's a lot of talk about Cowboys, Jets. There's a lot of good defenses. The Browns' defense is the best defense in football. I, I'm pretty convinced. Like, they are dominant. Miles Garrett is such a monster. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. They're, they're going to be in every game. You're not blowing out this Browns team because you're not going to score enough to blow them out. How does Derrick Henry have 11 carries for only 20 yards? Because it, here's why. The, first of all, the Titans' offensive line is complete trash. Yeah. Uh, I, I they mean, were missing their guard. Yeah, mm-hmm. They were. They, they had no chance. But, it's again, the, he's... He's an older guy. This isn't a 24-year-old mm-hmm. running back. We, What do we say? The, the tread's eventually going to start coming off this guy, and it hadn't happened to him yet. He lasted longer than everybody else did, but he's he's still an older running back. These things happen. Cleveland got really nothing from any one running back in particular that kind of spread the ball around. I mean, Kareem Hunt ran the ball five times for 13 yards, but Jerome Ford, 10 carries for 18 yards. Like, Pierre Strong had... Uh, you know, the most rushing yards for them. So it's not like they did anything offensively that blew you away. Like I said, Sean Watson played very well. His best game, not arguably, his best game of the first three games of the season. Best game is a Brown by far. Yes. But, oh, yeah, even last year. But defensively, the Titans were never in this game. Yeah. Ever. Even if Deshaun played like crap, the Browns would have won this game because that's how dominant their defense was. Six first downs. Yeah. I mean, remember I was talking about the Browns, their defense hadn't allowed a red zone snap. I mean, through yeah. two weeks. This is uh they are a force, an absolute Dominant force. Defense. Lions beat the Falcons twenty to six in a game that I'm shocked at the lack of scoring in this game from both of these teams. Uh Atlanta, I thought they I mean, maybe it was the Lions defense, but Atlanta didn't get anything going offensively, and I thought the Lions would actually score a ton more points than this. I'm surprised that this was such a low scoring game. Here's where I'm at. The Falcons need to like we we've talked about these teams without a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Falcons have a pretty solid base right now. They they've got an incredible run run heavy scheme. They've got a what looks like a pretty good defense. I really like their coach. They don't have an NFL caliber quarterback. Like the faster they realize that Desmond Ritter isn't him, the better. Like they need to to realize like I, and that may be this offseason they realize it, but this roster has too much potential to waste yeah. on Desmond Ritter. He's he's just not that guy. I, I, that's what I learned today. I, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, he didn't like turn the football over. He's well, just he, not good. He fumbled, but I'm saying he didn't throw any interceptions. Yeah, but they were daring him to throw it. Yeah, they and were he, laying I, everybody up in the box. And he holds the ball for so. Well, that's long. the thing. And they have so many skill position players like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and it's like I'm I'm sitting there going. Like when are you Took going? Seven sacks. When oh you, my god! Yeah, when are you going to attack down the field? When you, you're right, he holds the, he holds onto the ball way too long. His QBR was lower than Zach Wilson's yesterday. This is Zach Wilson meter. There's bad, and then there's Zach yeah. Wilson. Yeah. Desmond Ritter had an 11.2 QBR. Uh, quarterback news that you know this is there's two quarterback stories to come out of this game. Packers beat the Saints 18-17. One quarterback story is Jordan Love's pretty good. 
Uh, uh, was he? Because he stunk for yeah, three and a half quarters. <laughs> but but he makes plays, and 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 when the game's on the line, he makes plays. I think after this game, even though it wasn't his best game, yeah. it's arrow up. Yeah, he, I, I agree. And he, but that's what he's done in the first three weeks of the season is he's making plays for this offense. And the other thing is the Saints. When Derek Carr went down, it was over. They 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 didn't do anything on offense. Yeah, J- Jameis Winston is clearly a middle of the road average backup quarterback at this point. And like in my mind, I I still picture Jameis Winston as probably one of the thirty two best quarterbacks in the league. Like mm. I, like would I rather have him or Zach Wilson? I'd rather have Jameis Winston. But I, like, there's a couple guys that I could say, yeah. I, I, now I don't know. I, I don't know what Jameis Winston is. I, I don't think he's a starting caliber. I think I'd quarter. rather have Taysom Hill. It's not like he threw a big pick though, or he did anything no. wrong. Like his no, numbers looked a lot like Derek Carr. Yeah, he, he for hundred yards. Yeah. yeah, not 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 great. And, but it, and it doesn't inspire confidence in the team. Right, either. that might have been know? it. The team kind of just said, we, and the play we, calling was kind of very conservative yeah. because it's like, hey, we're playing with a lead here. We're up seventeen nothing. And they had a field goal that most kickers make seventy percent of the time to try to get a lead, and they missed it. And but they I, decided to go away from Will Lutz, though. Remember, and they decided to go with uh, the, 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 the 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 groupie or whatever his name yep. is. So it turns out to not be the right decision. You need you need that veteran kicker. I said we're going to look at this Packers team about six weeks in. And that's when the Packers need to have their decision for next season. Like, they need to know what we're going to do with Jordan Love. And, like, them smacking around the Bears week one, I don't know if that can really tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, remember, they signed Jordan Love to an extra year. Yeah. So they have him so for this yeah. year. And yes. Well, I meant, like, long term, yeah. Whether yeah. you're going to draft somebody usually, or not. Usually you don't have a quarterback enter his lame duck year. Yeah. Like it, Kirk Cousins. So, like, I meant more do we find a quarterback of the future or do we re-sign Jordan Love long-term? I think that decision is going to be made this offseason. Yes, ideally they would want that decision made. A bad scenario for them is if he's just good enough where they want to see him what he does in the next year. And right now, I think he's he's probably, like if the meter is one way or the other, he's probably like on a 6 out of 10. So he's that. on the right side yeah. of, of keep him. But it's close. Uh, but I mean, had they lost this game, you could argue the other side. Because right, if they'd lost this game, it would have been a close loss to the Falcons, mm-hmm. close loss to the Saints, and you beat the Bears, who might be the worst team in football. Yeah. So how, how do you really take away from that? But I think we're going to learn a lot about him in this Lions game. Uh, you know, and I, I really, I think the division games, like how they do in these division games, yes. how are you going to do against the Vikings? How do you do against the Lions? That's what you're going to be judged on, I think, at the end of the season. The Bills beat the Commanders 37-3. to Fez said Washington wins outright. He Sa- did say that, huh? Sam Howell has... <laughs> he said Washington's defense. It, well, he said Sam good. Howell's good. Sam Howell, Sam Howell is good. four interceptions. Is that good in or not game. very good? And you know what? When I said earlier... He won two Super Contests. Fez got this one wrong. When I said earlier the Browns are the best defense, I, I think maybe their biggest competition is Buffalo. And that defense... Was just, Sam Howell didn't have a chance uh, yesterday. That was a that was a championship level performance. Uh, and really, I mean, even go back to Week One, the game that they lost against the Jets, mm. the defense was great. Yeah, it, it, their offense just sputtered. So far, the Bills look like they they were deservingly one of the two or three top teams in the Super Bowl odds coming into this season. Like you've, you've given up less than 30 points or right at 30 points through three games. Mm-hmm. And you've got Josh Allen playing quarterback in the last two weeks. We've really saw Josh Allen, like turn back into Josh Allen. You see the confidence again. The numbers weren't wowing yesterday in this game, but uh, I think, I think his QBR was in the nineties. Yep. He just, he didn't do anything wrong. 
And uh, I, I think that this is a this is a team with an up arrow. I'm, I say that, and now they're playing the Dolphins again in what I think is is one of the bigger games of the season so far. Texans beat the Jaguars 37-17. And all I can say is, what is up with the AFC South? It's it's the uh, nobody's good. No, it's everyone. <laughs> it's it's everyone owns each other. It's like the it's, NFC West. It's like, yes, it, it, exactly. It's like the coaching things. But it, it's you can change the coaches. It doesn't matter. You can change the quarterbacks. It doesn't matter. The teams are the teams. It's Jaguars, uh, the Colts, lose to the Jaguars, beat the Jaguars this. Jaguars beat the Colts here. Texans beat the Jaguars here. Yep. It's unbelievable, right? The Texans have an incredible record against the Jaguars. Yeah, and it, even this game like where you know they were almost a 10-point dog. Uh, at one point in the week, I, I got a lot of Houston money came in, and obviously it was the right side. I'll be honest. You talk about quarterbacks who have, like, you thought they were going to take the next step, and they haven't. Trevor Lawrence so far this season mm. does not look like the guy who last season looked like he was ready to explode and become, like, an elite quarterback. He hasn't looked like that at all and certainly didn't look like it yesterday against the Texans. Fifth straight win for the Texans in Jacksonville. They've now won 16 of their past 19, including 10 of 11 in this series alone. It's crazy. How bad have the Texans been since, what does this go back to, 2018? Pretty bad. A couple of those years. 10 of 11. That's but wild. They dominate it's a, the Jaguars. I think there was Somehow. one year they had two wins, and I think they were both against yeah, the Jags. That's true. I mean, and the year the, the year that the the Jags had one win, it was against the Colts. Yeah, <laughs> it's the week one against the Colts. It's just how it's how the, it's the circle of life. In yeah, the AFC I will South. say, this, CJ, who's going to win that division? What are the the updated odds in that division, Mac? Because it, like nobody's good. The Titans are awful. The mm -hmm. I mean, the Colts won, but it, they're no good. I'll say this though, uh, C.J. Stroud, he appears to be that guy. He's he, a right. He was the right choice. Over 900 passing yards in his first three weeks. That's something that. Uh, only two other players have done in their careers, and it's amazing what he has accomplished. First quarterback in NFL history, over 900 passing yards, four touchdowns, zero picks in his first three career games. The Texans needed they needed him to be a success, but even more importantly, I think the Texans took so much heat for making that trade in the draft. Mm. What they got was now, I mean, it's, again, this is three weeks in. I think they got the best quarterback in the draft. Looks and I, like it. And I think they got the best player in the draft. Will Anderson is an absolute nightmare. He blocked it. Did you, the field goal he blocked yesterday, you don't just bust through field yeah. goal coverage yeah. units uh, like it, that. Yeah, exactly. Like, it It looked like they, like they had, I mean, they were shoulder to shoulder, mm -hmm. and he made it look like they had wide splits, like just walked through them. And volleyball swats the field goal. That guy is an absolute problem. So if you're telling me they gave up next year's draft pick and they got the best quarterback and the best overall player in the draft, you can't tell me they yeah. made a mistake. That's a good I, I, I don't believe it. Well, well thanks, Siri. Uh, no, it's like RJ said. Like if we were redrafting right now, CJ Strago is number one. I think so. It's not even close. Uh, the other two quarterbacks that throw for at least 900 yards in their first three career starts. I'm guessing. Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and Cam Newton. Oh, okay. I was yeah. going to go Andrew Luck for the other one. Entered today, rookie quarterbacks in September were 1-15, and now 2-15. and Hey! After Stroud's win. By the way, AFC South odds. The Jaguars are still the favorites, but they're plus 125. Titans plus 250. The Colts, who are leading the division, 
plus 275, Texans 11 to 1. And how about them Colts? A 22 19 win over the Ravens in overtime. Gardner Minshew. I told you I was leading the Colts to victory here. This one, though, uh, surprising the Ravens had a chance to win the game at the end of regulation and Justin Tucker comes up just short on a 61 yard field goal this is the insane standard that he's set is people were like upset that Tucker missed like how can Tucker miss that so this is the excuse portion of the show for our for, for AJ. no well yeah. no I won I bet on the Colts I, I yeah, said it so. if if Minshew plays I like the Colts I, know, I just know you like Justin Tucker I do so love I Justin Tucker but it's like the cover either way but ha- like a guy misses a 61 hey, yard opportunity to win. I'm just on. asking you to, to help us win if you what? can. Let's if look you at can. the plot. What was the win percentage? <laughs> Justin Tucker 61. That's the thing. Justin Tucker exists outside of yeah. the bot, outside I, of the numbers. I mean, the, the idea that people on Twitter are like, oh, Justin Tucker choked. Not like, what he used to be. It's 61 <laughs> yards, bro. You, Most people don't ever get asked to kick that. But you know what, you, AJ? You, you, you made a good point when you were talking about Zach Moss, how he has given them a running game. 100%. And that was the difference in this game because this was one of the games games that had weather uh the 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 remnants of tropical storm ophelia we had previewed this when we talked about ours when we previewed the games we had said weather could be a factor and you would think it would be the ravens who are a running team that would benefit from the bad weather and lamar jackson was the old Lamar Jackson. Yeah. He had 100 yards and two touchdowns. That's he what I was, was the old about. Lamar. Do we think the weather forced them into that yes. old game plan? Yeah. But then Zach Moss said, all right, I'll do you one better. 30 carries, 122 yards. They ran behind Quentin Nelson. He just put the team on his back. He was like, "I'm just run behind me. I'm good. <laughs> it, and it, and I'm it, like that. It begs, it begs the question. Does this give the Colts any reason to feel like they need to pay Jonathan Taylor cartoon money? Because no. Zach Moss running for 122 yards, like it, it, week one when Deion Jackson was like the worst player in the history of yeah, time, yeah, it was yeah. like, oh my god, they need Jonathan Taylor. Now they've got a serviceable running back. It's like, oh yeah, we're okay. Uh, Jonathan, you you take your time, my man. Take your time. Get 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 healthy. Whatever. You know, and, and Anthony Richardson comes back. Maybe the Colts are going to be better off than we thought. Uh, the Seahawks beat the Panthers 37-27. Andy Dalton throws for 361 yards and two touchdowns. They had no running game whatsoever. And Kenneth Skywalker absolutely just shit on the Carolina Panthers. 97 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He had 59 receiving yards as well. The the moves that he was putting on, they were showing the highlights. Barry Sanders-esque jukes, breaking ankles on the field. He is a special player. Yeah, no doubt. And they've got Charbonnet, who's also a good running back. Like you see now, he made a couple of shifty moves as well. Yeah. Now, why they were willing to let guys like Rashad Penny just walk away, mm-hmm. like no big deal. Um, Gino still has some stuff to clean up, but this was. And again, I don't know that I'm taking any. I, I think I'm way lower on the Panthers than most people are. Like I, I haven't seen anything I like about this team, and yesterday didn't make me feel any better about them. One of the things I hate the most is I think their offensive line is terrible. And I think they had like 1 million false start penalties yesterday. And I get it's loud in Seattle. Yeah. But like when the same guy's getting called for a false start two plays in a row, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a problem. That, that's that's not ideal. Yeah, it was Andy Dalton could not hear the plays. It was uh it was a it was definitely a home field advantage there. And probably a good game for Bryce Young to miss. Yeah. If you if you had to sit one out. Probably the right time. Uh, one final game that we haven't touched on yet. The Chiefs, a 41-10 win over the Bears. Nail-biter. The biggest story to come out of this game, it's confirmed. 
Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are a thing. Yeah. Just because she was just because she was sitting next to his mom and the and then going she, freaking and crazy. Then, and then they were seen exiting the stadium together. Were yeah. they holding hands? They were walking next to each no, other. But you know what she did do? What? They went to a restaurant. She paid for everybody in the restaurant's meal, but the the exception was they had to leave right away. She literally bought out the Is restaurant. That's true. That's true. She short. bought out the restaurant. Bought out the restaurant. Well, that's her, what rich people and, uh, do. They yeah. buy out the restaurant. And her and Travis Kelsey that's sat down. West esque move right there. Yeah. Sat down and had a meal together. So uh, well, it, they showed her nonstop on the broadcast, and of course, uh, they got Kelsey the touchdown. Mahomes said that you know he was nervous. All the Swifties wanted him to get the, get get a touchdown. So Kelsey finishes seven catches, sixty nine yards, and a touchdown. Goes under his seventy and a half yardage prop. I cannot tell you the amount of tweets that I read and the amount of texts that I got from people that said, hey, Taylor Swift's at the game. They're making a big deal about it. Travis Kelsey over catches. Travis Kelsey over yards. What was his Travis catch prop? Kelsey his catch was six and a half. He okay. caught the touchdown pass on his seventh catch. Yes. So he goes over. People are saying that's why Taylor Swift went crazy. She had like a billion dollars on it. He went over the reception <laughs> prop. He she hit, moved the market. <laughs> he hit the anytime touchdown prop, but he goes under his yardage prop. This was just a But one- he also got 69 yards. So that's yeah, nice. nice. This <laughs> was just a one-sided game. Uh, Justin Fields. I was going to say, the biggest takeaway you said was Taylor Swift. I yeah. think the, the biggest takeaway is Justin Fields. No, just we already knew that. Now we have confirmation that Swift-Kelsey is a thing. You know, but we have to talk about Justin Fields. Just we knew he's bad. Yeah, he did run the ball more, but I I mean that much more. It's not even like a well design runs. It's not went under his rushing prop. Mm -hmm. It's not serviceable. It's not fixable. Like Justin Fields just isn't the guy. He's not. He's not an NFL quarterback. It also helps not to have the worst defense in the league. Sure, it does. So many things stacked against him. Now you're you're making a good point because had Lamar Jackson had this defense when he was a young player, yeah, maybe we never find out MVP, who he is. Yeah. Uh, because you, it's hard to play from behind when that's the, the kind of player you are. But, but still, you would you're trailing, right? And so hey, we have to throw the ball because we're trailing. He was 11 of 22 for 99 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Like even if you're if you're beating this team by two scores and they have to throw the ball, the game's over. He cannot throw the ball. He does not make good decisions. He doesn't read defenses. He has no idea what to do with the football. So yeah. he just takes off and runs, and it doesn't work. I yeah. think there's something to, like, having poise in the game, and you talk about Lamar Jackson having experiences where you're not completely up against it. I feel like the Bears have, have a 50-year track record of giving quarterbacks no hope, no belief, and he's just broken goods at this point. Like, I just don't see this turning around. In Chicago at all, and I don't. I mean, got to move on. Well, first of all, everyone's going to be gone. Yeah, Rufus is going to be gone. GM's going to be gone. Everyone's going to be gone. Everybody so goes. Turn- Fields goes. There's so much turmoil now with this program. Now the, the 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 pro football talk report came out about the defensive coordinator saying that oh there was there might have been inappropriate behavior, but has nothing. There's no FBI. There's no cops involved. There's no nothing, but. The whole it's a health issue and all that stuff is it's never not true. <laughs> there might have been some inappropriate behavior. Like, was Urban Meyer really getting a heart attack every couple of years <laughs> or was he just trying to get out of Dodge? All right, guys, here is the question of the night then. Denver at Chicago next week. Chicago is catching three to three and a half points, about 3.25 right mm-hmm. now as a home dog, as a home dog. If you if forced to make a bet right now, and we'll say the game is at three, we won't even say three and a half. Mm. If you're forced to make a pick at three, 
Where do you go? It's not even close. It's the Broncos. I think it's the Broncos. I, like, I, as we I, talked I, about the Broncos. Head coach, quarterback. That's all you need to know. This is why when you said, are the Broncos the worst team in the league? The answer is no, <laughs> because they're three-point road favorites against the Bears. It's head coach, quarterback. Which head coach do you trust more? Which quarterback do you trust more? And the answer is the Broncos both. Plus, and you're I, back in a team that just lost by 50. And uh, that's always a good play. I want everyone out there to think about this. Just like today or yesterday, there were, there were people who had real money on the under in the Dolphins-Broncos uh, yep. game. Think about that. <laughs> there were real people who put real American dollars on the Bears, on the Bears to win yep. eight games or more. The so Bears' money line versus the Chiefs people bet on. I mean, this Bears team, mm. the idea that they could win eight games is, like, now that we've seen three, is so absurd. Like, if you saw these three games, what would you set their win total at to start the season? They won three last year. Four three and a half. Five. Four and a half? Yeah. Three like, and a half. Like seven that. and a half was mm-hmm. the craziest number of all the season win total numbers. It was the craziest. And it's not – this isn't past posting. No, we were saying it's what I, yeah. like. Yeah. It was my favorite one. Like, it, was, it was insane that this team was going to somehow go mm-hmm. from a three-win team to an eight-win team. That's really had a good pick on the Bears under. Fuck so you, glad, man. <laughs> so glad he, got, he told us about that one. <laughs> All right, so. Uh, <laughs> I love that RJ was like, oh, you copied Fez, huh? <laughs> like, <laughs> he copied me from two months ago. Before we, before, we preview Monday night, before we preview Monday Night Football, let's take a look, McKenzie, at the lines for week four. Let's exclude the four Monday night teams. So we'll forget about the Eagles, Bucks, Rams, and Bengals for now. Obviously, we have question marks with the Bengals, with the... Uh, Joe Burrow, but forget about those four teams for now. So let's just look at the week four slate without those four teams. We'll start on Thursday night football. The Lions are at the Packers. What are we looking at? Lions have taken money. They were one point dogs before Sunday's games. Another one and a half point favorites at Green Bay. Mm. What do we think about Watson, Aaron Jones? Are the Packers, do we have any sense if they're going to get their guys back? If Christian, if they do come back, I mean, the Packers are the play here. Short week, though, and maybe that's why they held Watson out of this game. Is because you know because he was yeah. practicing, so maybe and they went Watson, from a one point favorite yeah. to a two point dog after they held everybody up. Yeah, so maybe that's why it was strategic, knowing that they're home. Plus, I like the fact that they're on a short week off a home game. Yeah, so they're home short week. They're still home again. Yeah. it's not like it's like it's not like road travel back home then good short week. They were home short week home. I, I think the situational spot is great for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Falcons at the Jaguars. This one, our first international game of the season at Wembley Stadium in London, the Jaguars <laughs> of London. Uh, what do we have here? Jaguars are three-point favorites downgraded. They were three-and-a-half before Sunday's games. Do we think the fact that they've played in Jacksonville, I mean, played in I, London all the time, it gives them an advantage? I do think it gives you an advantage. If you're used to playing those international games, it's so different than any other game you play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the tra- staying over for an extra game, right? Yes. I, I think so, the yeah. advantage kicks in for that second game more than more than the first game. But, yeah, both. But, if, yeah, I mean, the, just the idea that they do it every year. And yep. for, for everyone else, it's like a once every seven years thing. It's a it, it, It's got to be an advantage. Yep. The London Jaguars. Uh, Dolphins at the Bills in what will be the, uh, ooh, Jim, I don't know, Tony. <laughs> It'll be the marquee game on CBS no doubt. on Sunday. What's the spread in this one? The Bills are two-and-a-half-point favorites, some money on Miami after Sunday's games. Ooh, it's so tough. I mean, the Bills won 37-3, to three too. I know, you know. They both look great. Can we just bet the over and have By fun? By the way, you know what the worst thing is? I, this happens more and more now. Like, when you're down 37 nothing, 
kicking a field goal with under a minute left. Nobody shuts us out. <laughs> like, Nobody. That's almost to me. It's more embarrassing than like trying to get a touchdown. Like if you get the touchdown, sometimes you just have to give your team a win. Just, they have to feel like they came away with some sort of. I point. think that's embarrassing. I, I, I would rather get shut out trying to get a touchdown. Yeah. Than kick a field goal down thirty-seven points. All right. We talked about Broncos Bears. The Broncos are a three-point favorite, and uh, we can't touch the Bears. The Ravens are at the Browns. What's the spread on this, McKenzie? Browns are a two-point favorite. That's interesting. The Ravens still very, very beat up. And yeah. You, you saw it a little bit. Uh, can it, this Browns defense contain the this, Lamar Jackson that we just saw? Because that was a that was vintage Lamar. This Browns defense can contain whatever That's you true. need them to. Yeah. And remember also, the, the two best linemen, two best offensive linemen were out for the Ravens yeah. today. Maybe that's why it forced Lamar to run. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, huge line move here. The Ravens were two-point favorites on the look-ahead line. Now they're two-point dogs. Yeah. I, I, the I, defensive that, performance in the Browns and Watson and it, yeah, finally looking yeah. good. It's one good game out of Deshaun Watson. Probably a point for the defense, a point for Watson, and then these Ravens injuries add up. What if we said, like, if I told you that game that you saw yesterday for Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. that was going to be his baseline. Browns to win the division. No doubt. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's reason for optimism for Cleveland. Uh, we'll skip over Bengals-Titans as well as the Rams and the Colts. Same thing with Bucks saints and Eagles-Commanders. Let's go to the Vikings at the Panthers. Do we have a line on this game, McKenzie? I would assume not because we don't know if Bryce Young's playing yet. So, it, I, th- I, I, would, I would assume this is off the board because we don't know about the quarterback. We do have a line. Okay. I mean, we saw the line not really move, or we were arguing it shouldn't move when yeah. it went from Young to Dalton. The Vikings are three-point favorites on the road. That's the same as it was in the summer. Pretty much the same as it was in the Both yeah. these teams playing with desperation, 0-3, 0-3. Yeah, this is the uh, the second battle of 0-3 teams, the Broncos-Bears. And mm-hmm. then this one feels like much less inept teams. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you you said Minnesota, the best 3-0 and or 0-3 team. I, I think they're the best 0-3 team by far. Yeah. It might be the best 0-3 team we've ever seen. This, they're going to put up some big points in this game. I would agree. Like, with what C- I saw. The, if the Seahawks were able to do it on the Panthers, then the Vikings are going to be Again, able to do it. with with no J.C. Horn mm-hmm. in that secondary for Carolina. And they got more injured yesterday, yeah, too. They, they, they were banged vulnerable. up. Yep. Uh, Steelers at the Texans. Do we have a line on this, McKenzie? The line is under. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Texans scored 37 points last time out, but I you know, two return touchdowns. The Steelers are, there's two lines up. Three and four are both available. Steelers at the Texans. I'll take the Texans. I'll take both of those. Little, yeah. I'll be I mean, you might take a little bit <laughs> of both. Yeah, good call. Uh, Raiders at the Chargers. This this could be a fun one. Chargers yeah. are four-point favorites at SoFi hosting the Raiders. And you know it's going to be like a home game for the Raiders. Of course. I was a little bit disappointed in Raiders Nation on Sunday Night Football. I was that was too. a lot of Steelers. The Steelers, Steelers were so loud. Travel, you know LA's that. right there, guys. Drive over. Steelers fans travel. I'm telling you right now, this will be there. It'll be all Raiders fans because in LA they're Raiders yeah. fans. Yeah, no, you're right. So the the Chargers will the Chargers. There, there won't be any Chargers fans there. there yeah, I'm saying LA's right there next to Vegas. It's also yeah. right there next to SoFi Stadium. Yeah, like yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. The Raiders are or the the Chargers are used to this. They don't care about home field. Like it, yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't mean anything to them. Uh, Patriots at the Cowboys. We mentioned this a little bit earlier. So repeat this spread. What do we have? Yeah, Cowboys are seven point favorite. Slightly downgraded after Week Three. This is going to be a pros versus Joes matchup. Pros are going to be on the Patriots. The Joes are going to be on the Cowboys. You're probably right. Uh, Cardinals are at the 49ers. I would imagine this is the highest spread of the week. Yeah, 14 points. The Cardinals were upgraded, but it's still 14 points on the road at at, uh, Levi's. And what was the opener? 15 and a half at some place. Okay. Now, I would love to run this query. See if you can do this real quick in our database. Um, 
and I guess go as far back as our database goes. If you win a game as a double-digit underdog, how do you do the following week? Because I would imagine that you are bad against the spread because I think a win, this is my theory, a win as a double-digit dog, now the market has to change on you but it overreacts to the win as a double-digit dog. So the line on the following game should actually be higher, and it's not because you won as that double-digit dog, so the favorite actually beats you, like or whoever you're playing against, whether you're a favorite or a dog, beats you and covers the spread in that next game. Am it's, I, am it's I great correct? It's great instinct, Scott. 39 and 68, when you win as a 10-point dog or more, so the next week you're 36%. If you're fading them, you're 64%. Yeah, that's the play. The 49ers are gonna roll are gonna roll. I would assume. Yeah. Uh the Chiefs oh, Sunday night football. The Chiefs are at the Jets <laughs> on Sunday night football. Uh Kansas City is favored by how much, McKenzie? 30? 20, 25? What do we got? Nine point road. Oh, well, I said the 49ers were gonna be the highest. So nine, okay. Nine point favorites. Um you think Taylor Swift will be at this game? No, I do but think. It's in, but it's MetLife Stadium. It's right I, outside New York. I do think this gets to 10. I, I I don't think there's, after the public saw what they saw. From yeah, the, the question Chiefs, is, do we tease this now? I, I think it might be a good time because, I like, is, does anybody want. Seven point teaser down to two and a half? And you talk about pro I mean, versus Joe's. Yeah. yeah this may be that. One. Nobody wants to bet on the Jets right now. No. But no. if it gets to 10, like, that's probably going to be the right side. I bet you right now yeah. the NBC execs are desperately trying to get in touch with Taylor Swift's people because if she's... Halftime show. No, no, no. Well, forget about that. If she's not at that game, they got nothing to talk about. Like, this game's got no juice. It had juice when it was Aaron Rodgers. It's still got Patrick Mahomes. They'll be okay. Yeah, but did, did, did Patrick... The, 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 Blaine Gabbard in the second half. The Patrick way, Mahomes blowout of the Bears didn't have any juice. The, the best thing about that game was Taylor Swift. We didn't, we didn't even mention the, the fact that Patrick Mahomes got hurt in that game. Mm-hmm. And he it was, was like fine. he went to the lock. He got taped up and came back. He's fine. He was kind of a scary moment. It's like it oh, was, man. but he does that all the time. And then yeah. he gets taped up, and they showed like they showed his ankle it was like retaped. It was uh, you know, and he looked great. He was fine. I- I'm like that. Uh, the Monday Night Football Seahawks at the Giants. What are we looking at for this one, Mackenzie? We talked about this a little last week. The Seahawks are still one and a half point road favorites at the Giants. I mean, I just like the Giants as home dogs. I, I'll be honest. I I don't. The Giants are almost as unbackable to me as the Jets listen, right now. Does that win against the Cardinals make you feel better about the Giants now that we saw the Cardinals? Does the Cowboys, the Cowboys loss in addition to make the Jets it, loss make it worse? Yeah, make it look worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a good point. Yeah, Dan, Daniel Jones just looks so bad right now. Do we get Andrew Thomas back? Barkley back? Do we know? Well, Barkley has a chance to return. They, right. they, they think maybe because remember he's they said he could have maybe played this week. Yeah, it's an extended break, so possibly on that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try. If you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this, it's all online, it's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. 
for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. Let's preview the two games tonight on Monday Night Football. Another doubleheader, which I wish it was every week, a doubleheader on Monday Night Football. I, I don't want doubleheaders unless they're staggered. Yeah, you're right. It should be an East Coast game and a West Coast yeah. game. But we have uh, a game in Florida and a game in Ohio. It's absurd. The Eagles are at the Bucks. Philadelphia, five-point favorite on the road. And I, I talked about this on the Dream Pod. At some point, the Eagles are going to look like the Eagles from last year. And as much as I think, oh, yeah, it would be nice to back the Bucks as a five-point home dog, I don't want to be against the Eagles when all of a sudden they look like that team from last year. I get it. I will be backing the Bucs uh, tonight. I, I, it just feels like this Eagles team is so banged up, particularly in the secondary, and you don't want to go into a game against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin when you're young and banged up in the secondary. And that's that's where the Eagles are at right now. And – Offensively, they look they look like a shell of what they were last That's, season. Yeah, they don't look like it at all. Yeah. So if your if your offense isn't what it was and your defense is banged up, this isn't the Super Bowl team from last year. This mm-hmm. is this is a good team, but good team just regular old good teams shouldn't be five point favorites on the road. All right, thunderstorms in the forecast for Monday Night Football. If the weather impacts this game, which side benefits from a sloppy field? Wet condition. Uh, it's certainly the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, there's no play that benefits more than the tush push if no, if nothing else is working on offense. I think if we see that the weather is actually going to be bad, then you have to look at the Eagles and you have to maybe start looking at some rushing props, some Hurts rushing props, some Swift rushing props. But remember, man, this Bucks team is really good against the run. And I know that that's what the Eagles are going to want to do. Mm-hmm. They just haven't found a lot of success doing it so far this year. So – Again, you're going up against a defense that this is what their this is what their strength. But again, is. now let's take a look. Like, do we we can't take anything away from the Bucks win against the Bears last week? I mean, the Bears are the Bears awful. stink. Yeah, no doubt. There, there's nothing to take away from that. And then we look at Week One where the Vikings outplayed them and they and they lost. So I'd say they played them to a tie. It was pretty, yeah, it was pretty close, pretty even, I guess. Uh, I think this is going to be a fascinating game. Will the real Eagles please stand up? We'll and you talk out. about the Eagles passing game not looking great. Worst success rate on dropbacks so far in the NFL. The Titans are worst. Jets are second worst. Eagles are third worst. Yeah. 
That's gonna be even worse than the Bengals and Steelers. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, you, you're you're saying, well, who who have they played? But I mean, what have the Eagles done to get to two and zero? You know, it's when you when you really dig into things, it's it's funny because so there's, both of them played the Vikings, and in the Bucks game against the Vikings, if you want to look at, you want to compare opponents, right? What did the Bucks do against the Vikings? The Bucks won twenty to seventeen, and they were out yarded three hundred and sixty nine to two hundred and forty two. The Eagles played the same Minnesota Vikings team, and the Eagles won 34-28, and the Eagles out-yarded the Vikings 430-374. to Well, the same Eagles team got out-yarded 382-251 to by the Patriots, who we mm-hmm. just said stink on offense. Yep. So uh, there's some. Uh, to if you me, told me the Eagles are the third worst passing team, which the numbers say so far, then yeah, it's the Bucks for sure. Are they better than that is the question. I think but that's it's just the question. two bad games. Yeah. Uh, the Rams are at the Bengals. Cincinnati, uh, two-point favorite. Is that where the line is still holding steady, McKenzie? Seeing some money on L.A., I'd say okay. two is the consensus. Mm. Two. And, it's, I mean, more and more it sounds like, I mean, I'm hearing more rumors that Joe Burrow may go on IR uh, than he's likely to play today. So, uh, this is, uh, I mean, the line says as much that, that Joe Burrow's not, he's not going to play in this game. Well, it, what do we think? What do we think it happens if uh, it's officially announced? I mean, it's got to be more money coming in on L.A. Uh, maybe, much, maybe L.A. favorite on the road? How, yeah, I was going to say, like, I mean, can, can we get to that? I don't know. I, I get Jake that the, Browning. the Rams have been upgraded this season for sure. But, I mean, now you're saying, like, Joe Burrow is basically – he's worth, like, what, eight points? Yeah. That, that's, a, that's, that's a pretty – That's what it would be saying. It was seven and a half. Mm-hmm. Now it's two. So and really more than that because – you you go through a three, so it's right, like a, right. a if it if it goes to a pick'em, like this is one of the biggest moves in the history of the sport. Yeah, here's the, here's the latest. Uh, my boy Jordan Schultz uh, reporting: Joe Burrow is going to go through a workout in the morning, and that's going to determine his status for the Monday night game. The plan remains to take it all the way up to game time before making a final decision. This is why they don't let you gamble in the building. Imagine having your DraftKings account open. You're watching them throw. Oh, that was a bad one. I'm, bet- I'm betting the Rams. Yeah, imagine anybody <laughs> knowing, like, or, or imagine, like, if you, it, it, it's got to be inside. Because imagine if you had access to, like, watch, like, their outdoor field, and you were The just, most like, exciting practice and, of all time. And you were just, like, sitting there with the binoculars going, oh, Burrow looks terrible. He's yeah. not going to play tonight. You know? like, it just changes everything. Get on your bugle. I, I, yeah, you're right. It's hard to handicap this game without knowing what the quarterback situation is going to be for the Bengals. How do we? What do we think about the Rams? How good are the Rams? I, uh, listen, I think as long as Matt Stafford is healthy, the Rams look pretty – I mean, hell, they're the only team that's looked like they, yeah. they had any juice for the 49ers. The 49ers yeah. are – I mean – and they killed the Seahawks. People threw the Seahawks in the garbage. They've won two games pretty convincingly. Yeah, the Seahawks look pretty good. So, uh, But, again, the two games that they've played, we talk about that circle of life. They played against a coach that they historically dominate, yep. and they played against a coach that historically dominates them. Mm-hmm. And, and had to kick a field goal to cover. Yeah, but I mean, listen, they, they, I – I just don't respect people that are going to kick a meaningless field goal. At the end. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I – uh, I think the Rams are certainly better than what anybody thought they were coming into this season. That the 49ers loss is almost more impressive to me than the, the Seahawks win. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think, it, and it looks like Nachua is like, he's been a serviceable replacement for Cooper Cup. And, and Tutu. Uh, and, yeah, that was great. So until Matt Stafford gets hurt, I, I'm going to say they're they're pretty solid. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of like the Rams plus two here. I, I also kind of like. I know it's gone down, obviously, mm. but 
to me, the the under is a better look than than trying to take a side and hoping that Joe Burrow plays or doesn't play because if Joe Burrow plays or doesn't, I'm still going to like the under in this game because I, I don't believe if Joe Burrow plays, I don't believe he's going to be effective. If we this, if you see if you got the Joe Burrow, you got the last two weeks. Yeah. They're not putting up 30 points. Yeah, and uh, it, it's. Obviously, primetime unders are a strong yeah. trend, so you have yeah. that in your 60% favor. 60% since well. 2012 yeah. going under in primetime games. You have that in your favor. But no team has a more fun wide receiver depth chart than the Rams. Puka and Tutu. Uh, real quick college football update. We're going to get into a lot of the college football scoreboard from this past weekend and what's to come up next week during the college football podcast coming out Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning on this, uh, well on the RJ Bell's dream preview feed. So if you're listening to this podcast on that feed, that's where you will find the college football podcast with myself and AJ Hoffman. But what I can tell you is that the Colorado Buffaloes are no longer ranked in the top 25 after being absolutely outclassed by the Oregon Ducks. Yeah, it, it would be, it'd be hard to justify keeping them in the top 25. That, I mean, because now you realize, okay, their best win is TCU. Maybe not as great of a win as we thought. And when they got in there against a, a legitimate top 10, 15 team, they got their, their doors blown off. And uh, it, you see it in the number against USC next week. You see the, the, the market, which I thought, made an extreme over-adjustment in Colorado's favor, mm -hmm. is now making an extreme adjustment the other way. Colorado's a tough team to bet because their power rating in the market has just gone haywire. Yeah. Like Nobody knows what they really are yet. A season-high six teams have received first-place votes. That's the most since the 2016 preseason poll. Georgia is still number one, but they only have 55 first-place votes out of a possible 63. Other teams getting first-place votes, number two, Michigan. Number three, Texas, got two first-place votes. Number four, Ohio State. Number five, Florida State, after their win against Clemson, three first-place votes. Number six, Penn State, did not receive any first-place votes, but... Number seven, Washington, got a first-place vote. USC down to number eight in the nation. Yeah, think about that. You, you, uh, you win a win, game, you yeah. drop, drop a few spots. It's pretty wild. Florida State beat Clemson, dropped in the polls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and right now your uh, co-favorites to win the Heisman Trophy, Caleb Williams and Michael Penix at four to one. Four to one's better than sixteen to one, right, Mackenzie? Yes. Okay. Sounds like someone got some line value. So I'm sitting on a good ticket now at sixteen to one for Michael Penix to be the Heisman. Which I mean, we've given it out on the uh, you know on various podcasts. Like you probably should have been on that with us. Do you have all the odds right there in front of you? I do have all the odds right here. In front I, of you. I was. I mean, it feels like Florida State sitting at four and zero. Oh, you mentioned they've gotten uh, they've gotten some first place votes now to like, win the national championship. No, I'm I'm talking about for the oh, Heisman. Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. Jordan Travis is twelve to one. He is your fifth favorite. And where is Quinn Ewers? Quinn as... Ewers is the third favorite at six to one. Okay. Bo Nix, your fourth favorite at 10 to 1. Yeah, Oregon uh, only moved up one slot from 10 to 9. Uh, but they were expected to win. They were a 21-point favorite. Yeah, well, they, they exceeded expectations. They exceeded expectations. <laughs> uh, how about just the Pac-12 in the final year of existence, existence pretty much, has four teams in the top four 10? Four teams in the top 10, numbers 7, 8, 9, and 10. Washington, USC, Oregon, and Utah all in 
the top 10. And two more 12. in the top 25, Washington State and, and yes. Oregon State. And three so. of the top four Heisman candidates. That's it's wild. Exactly. It's the, the pack. It's the conference of champions. <laughs> um, the more I, I, I'm watching all these teams play, I was very impressed with Notre Dame. Uh, that very easily could have been a win over Ohio State. It came down to the final, the final play of the game. And Notre Dame had 10 men on the field. And Notre Dame had 10 men on the field. Seems yeah. Mark Stream didn't want to call a timeout. Seems like a uh, yeah. poor choice. Yeah, and, and I would have gone with 11 because yeah. that's what you're allowed. I would have gone with 12. By rules. It's the worst that could happen. No, I wouldn't have gone with 12 because then they throw a penalty on you. Yeah. I would have gone with 11. Yeah. That way you have the maximum amount yeah. without going over. You know, the thing is, um, you know, it winds up pushing on the three. And they put one second back on the clock so that Ohio State kicked the extra point to make it three. Mm. If there's no time on the clock. They wouldn't have kicked. They wouldn't have kicked. And Ohio State would have won the game by two. And if if you're saying, oh, well, they're going to ha- force them to kick it anyway. Well, with no time on the clock, you take a knee on the extra point. Right. With one second on the clock, you have to make it a three-point game because sh- strange things can happen, right? What's It could be a defensive penalty. Then the game can't end on a defensive penalty. So then they get another play, and it's another defensive penalty, and then it's a 60-yard field goal. Who knows? You have to kick it there. But with no time on the clock, the only chance you have to lose the game is if the extra point's blocked and returned for a two-point conversion. So Ohio State would have taken the knee had they forced them to do it with zero time left. Did Notre Dame get out on the defense for the extra point? Do you remember? Yeah, they were there. Okay. Yeah, they tried to block it. There was one famous Jets-Patriots game where the, they, they went to the locker room. They were done. They were pissed off about some call. Yeah, the NFL changed that rule, by the way. Oh, really? You don't have to kick the extra point. As time expires and yeah. the game's over, you do not have to kick the extra point. It used to be a rule where they, they yeah. did force you to kick it or, or attempt it. Right. Now the NFL changed that rule. You don't have to. What were your thoughts about Sam Hartman? Like, obviously didn't have the, the game that he's been having. Like, yeah. This was... I think it was a different level of competition for him. Oh, sure. I, 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 it's not like he played poorly. He didn't turn the football over. Like, he was, you know, he was still poised. They just, just did nothing until late in the second quarter. Like, they couldn't move yeah. the ball at all for the yeah. first 20, 30 minutes of that game. But you're sitting there with a lead. You had a lead late in the game. I mean, come, they yeah. had to convert. Like, I, I know we said we were going to talk about this game later. They had to convert on, a, on, on what was a third and 19? Yeah. They converted on in that final drive. They had to convert on a fourth. A fourth there was a fourth and seven. They had to convert on as well. I mean, you had the you had the lead with no time left, and your defense on the, that's what every coach wants. Like I, I don't know. It was just uh, to me tremendous execution by Kyle McCord at the end there. Um, but yeah, looking now at the odds to win the national championship, Georgia still your favorite. Michigan your second favorite. Texas, Florida State, Ohio State, and Penn State. Round out your top six. My, what a difference a weekend makes in Major League Baseball, especially when it's the final weekend, essentially, of the regular season. Six games left for the majority of teams across baseball. And after this weekend, here are your standings. The Baltimore Orioles, fresh off two straight wins, are in first place in the American League East, two and a half games up. On the Tampa Bay Rays. The Texas Rangers on the heels of a five-game winning streak. I thought the Rangers were done and buried. They looked like they were. A five-game winning streak for the Rangers. They are now two and a half games up on the Astros for first place in the West. The Mariners are three games back. Seattle does now have three games against the Astros and three games against the Rangers to end the season. 
what happens in this division, AJ? The Rangers, before they play the Mariners, have three against the Angels. The 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 the, the Rangers could actually clinch this thing. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine the Rangers not uh, winning the division now with a two and a half game lead and three coming up against a, a dead cat Angels team. Uh, and, and then the Astros and Mariners, like you said, the Mariners have uh, they have games or six games against two playoff caliber teams. The Astros do too. Astros have three against uh, Seattle and three against Arizona, who's fighting for a playoff yep. spot. So um, the, the Astros have no excuse. They had nine games in the month of September against the Oakland A's and the Kansas City Royals, two teams that have lost over 100 games already, the two worst teams in baseball by far. They went two and seven in those Awful. nine games to get swept by the Kansas City Royals at this point in the season. There's just no excuse for it. The Astros, I mean, to me, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. And they were massive so, favorites in all those games. Just it, absolutely embarrassing. It is a, uh, it, it's been a, a huge melt for the Houston Astros, uh, and quite the opposite for the Rangers, who typically. Uh, historically, this is what they've done. They've melted in these late September spots, and they haven't done it. Uh, same with the Milwaukee Brewers, a team that we're used to seeing fall apart late down the stretch. Looks like the Brewers are going to – like the Cubs have have screwed things off worse than the Brewers could. So uh, Rangers have put themselves in a really good position now. Uh, I'm trying to think of the last time like a World Series champion has missed the, missed the playoffs the next season. Um, it's probably the 20 – I don't know, the Giants – yeah, they like they would they'd win the World Series and miss the playoffs the next year. They yeah. rotated back and forth for a while. Oh, the uh, Royals. The Royals. Yeah, Royals won the World sense. Series and then they missed the playoffs. Uh, that's another one. Did the memory. Nationals? Did the Nationals make the playoffs the year after they won the World Series? No, I think that's when no. they got blown up. Yeah, maybe. Let's see, twenty twenty. Uh, so maybe so, I think the White Sox when they won with the the four the four pitching yeah. uh, performance. So bad organizations can drop out of the sky pretty fast. Yeah, you can win the World Series and then drop out. The Astros, I, Astros not, not been a bad there. organization. It's been a very yeah. consistent organization. Uh, so the wild card standings with six games left. The Blue Jays are your second wild card. The Astros are your third wild card. And the Mariners are a half game out of the third wild card. The Astros only two games back of the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays will have three games against the Yankees and then three games against the Rays. In the National League, here's what we're looking at. Let's start with the headline. How's my bet against McKenzie look on the uh, on the Padres? So the Padres. <laughs> Did I make that bet? I thought you made that bet. <laughs> so the Padres lost one? lost on Saturday. They won on Sunday. The They're done. Problem is, They're done. <laughs> problem Zero is, chance. the Cubbies have uh, won three straight games. It was a good weekend oh, for the Cubs. Come on, and Cubs. so the Padres are still five games back. Again, it's a little too. It's too little, too late. You know, a team that's won. Uh, you know, nine out of ten, eleven out of twelve. It just it's it's too little, too late right now. Fangraphs is zero point zero. What's yeah. crazy is, yeah, the Padres could win out uh, and and still miss the playoffs. It would be like they they've got they're at San Francisco for three and at the White Sox for three. Mm -hmm. They could win out, still miss the playoff. They'd be like the the bubble Phoenix Suns. Yeah, like uh, yeah. this great run to finish the season. Uh, now, if you're wondering, nice try, go home. So they're five <laughs> games out. If you're wondering if they win six straight games. Well, then who's going to lose five games? Are the Cubs going to lose five games? They play the Braves for three games and the Brewers for three games. Entirely possible. Although Is, the Brewers may get to a point where they want to rest later. Sure. It's very possible, though, that the Cubs could lose five of their final six games. Could the Diamondbacks lose? They have to, finish their, the series. They have to finish their series with the Yankees first. 
and then three with the White Sox, three with the Astros. No, they're not losing. I do not think that they're going to lose five of their last. Seven I don't think the Padres are going to win six games in a row. I'm just going to say it. Oh, how dare you? Only five of their last. What's going to happen? Yeah, they're going to win until they're eliminated, and then they're going to lose. Yeah. Well, here's what here's what the race you're looking at now uh, for the wild card. Diamondbacks are a half game up on the Cubs for the second wild card. The Marlins are one game back of the Cubs for the third wild card. The Reds still alive. Two and a half games back of the Marlins. The Marlins schedule, I told you the Cubs schedule, the Marlins will play the Mets for three games and then the Pirates for three games all on the road. So we'll see if they can, you know, win four of those six games. The Reds will play the Guardians for three games and then the Cardinals for three games also all on the road. They should be able to win at least four of those six games. And the Phillies' magic number is one. They need one more win. Yeah, they're, they're, and, and yeah, they're, they're the number one wild card. Yeah. That's it. So the Cubs and the Astros are both minus 125 to make the playoffs. It's about a 55% cha- implied chance. You look at fan graphs, the, Cow- uh, the Cowboys, the Cubs are at 55%. The Astros are at 60%. Just by those numbers, I have a 5% ROI on the Astros. Unless there's a psychological reason... We think they're tanking right now. I mean, they are terrible in September. They're three and seven in their last ten. What do you guys think? You know baseball. I just think because the Astros also have a chance at the division, not just the wild card. Yeah. Right. And the because, because, no and because they're playing the teams that they're chasing. So you agree with the sixty percent? I kind of like the minus one twenty five. Yeah, because though. the Astros are playing the Mariners, and then the Mariners are playing the Rangers. So it's like the teams are they're they're going to cannibalize each other. And, the and Cubs... all the Mariner, all the Astros have to do is beat the Mariners. And that's it. The Astros are in the playoffs. Then forget about the division because the Mariners are a half game back of the Astros in the wild card. If the if the Astros sweep the Mariners or well, the other way around, if yeah. the Mariners sweep the Astros, then that team's going to be in the playoffs. It's going to be one of those two. And the Cubs are – they've got six games left against te- on the road against teams that are better than them. And like while we said – Both teams have nothing to play for. You're right. And while we said the Cubs, uh, you know, three three wins this weekend, great for them. They won three games at home against Colorado. Yeah. Like, it's not like suddenly the Cubs are playing great ball. Mm -hmm. It's like suddenly they just played the Rockies three games. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens uh, over the next six games. It's going to be fun if it comes down to next weekend and there's more than two teams in it. Oh, I'd love it if we had, like, a one-game playoff to get the last wild card spot or something. How cool would that be? A game 163. Yeah. Just to get into the wild card. I'd series. love it. The Giants win the pennant. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's take a look at the schedule for uh, today in Major League Baseball. The Yankees and Diamondbacks will play that makeup game. Arizona minus 125. Merrill Kelly on the mound. Clark Schmidt goes for the Yankees. The Rangers will begin their series against the Angels with John Gray on the mound. Patrick Sandoval goes for the Angels. Texas is minus 195. The Astros and Mariners start their series. Justin Verlander for the Astros. Luis Castillo for the Mariners. Incredible pitching matchup here. Seattle minus 130. And the Padres give me the, give me the Astros the Giants. The DraftKings dog of the day then. If, if yes. Seattle's minus yep. 130. Yep. Give me I'll, Verlander in a big game. I'll do it. I'll yeah, do it. That's I'm the with way you. to go. I'm with you. Big game Verlander. Why not? And then the other game is the Padres at the Giants. Blake Snell against Logan Webb. Another incredible pitching matchup. Uh, uh, Padres minus 115. Total of seven in this one. Minus 115 yeah. for, on a Blake Snell day? Yeah. What am I missing? Logan Webb. Yeah, he's no Blake Snell. Sure. Give me that minus 115. Okay. Wanted to remind everybody that they can still... Take advantage of our bulk dollar bonanza at pregame.com. Wow, the 10 for 50? I'm surprised we still left that left that out there for everybody. But it's not going to be there for long. So if you're listening, so. if you're listening to my voice right now, run to pregame.com and get this now. 
It's the 10 gets you 50 bulk dollar sale. Just go to buy picks, click on the 10 gets you 50 sale. $10 gets you $50 in bulk dollars. Bulk dollars are just like cash. You use them at pregame.com. They never expire, so you can use them whenever you want, and you can use them on anything at any time. And since most daily best bets are packaged at $25 or less, $10 essentially gets you two best bets, two three-star best bets, or two full cards whatever you want to do like it's just use that money at your discretion but the only way to get have that money to use at pregame.com is to take advantage of this 400% bonus offer the biggest percentage bonus we've ever done at pregame.com hurry it is a limited time offer one per customer go get yourself 50 bulk dollars for only $10 at pregame.com for Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman and RJ Bell Who's at the Raider game? I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.